comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined as usual by Pierce. What's up? (laughs) Do that again just so I'm not talking over you. Pierce. What's up, guys? And we're ladies. And ladies. Don't forget ladies. (laughs) Our ladies. And we're joined tonight by Dave as well. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing just fine. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to leave that whole thing in probably. Please, please do. Please Uh, absolutely do. Anyway, so tonight we are continuing our Netflix series where we look at movies that are available on Netflix Instant Watch. We talk about them in a non-spoiler segment. Then we do a segment where we talk about things we would recommend based on this film or things that are just similar that it reminds us of, whether they be movies, TV shows, books, comics, video games, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then from there we go into a spoiler-filled section before going on to tell you what the next movie we're going to talk about is on our Netflix series. It's an occasional series. We've done a number of them. There's not really any set schedule, but this is your next one. So tonight we're talking about a movie that was Pierce's choice because it was his turn. So Pierce, tell the folks at home what movie you chose for us to talk about this time around. Uh, Yeah, so I chose Bernie. Uh, B-E-R-N-I-E. Yes, it is a 2011 film. It is a true story. I keep wanting to say documentary, but it's not. There are some elements that are documentary-ish. There it's style. There's, yeah, you know. But yeah, it's not like the whole out. thing is, is a documentary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it stars Jack Black being an actual character, not Jack Black, as we uh, talked a little bit at the end of our last Netflix there. Yeah, I'm not a big Jack uh, Black guy, but I really like him in this because he's playing a role. He's not just being goofy Jack Black. Yes. I guess, you know, like always, we'll, we'll try to keep it spoiler-free in the beginning, but it's kind of hard not to. Um, well, the guy's name is Bernie Tatum. Tatum, is that right? Something like that. We'll just call him Bernie. Yeah, at the end of the day. Bernie, Bernie is a guy who moves to Texas to take a job at a funeral home where he's a mortician slash funeral director. And this is a true story that takes place in the early 90s. Is that right? It was uh, in Chronicles of Murder from 96. 96. Okay, so nine. Well, so then, but he would have moved there then several years before that. So, yeah. Early 90s, living in Texas, doing this job. And, every, and they break down all the different parts of Texas. Yeah, they yeah. do. North and they're like, and then there's the panhandle. Oh, whatever. Not yeah. even sure what's out there. <laughs> and he, everybody loves him. Yeah. Bernie is a guy that everybody loves. He knows your name. He remembers where your kids are going to school. He'll ask about them. He's just, he's generous. He gives people presents. He's and, a leader of the choir at church. Like, you yeah. know, he's always consoling people, you know, with their dad. Yeah. And it's conservative Texas. He's kind of effeminate, and everybody's just kind of cool with it because they love Bernie. Yeah. They're like, is he gay? Maybe. I don't, we don't talk about those types of things. He just the older and ladies. He has these relationships with these dear little old ladies, the DLOLs, where he, after their husbands die, he will bring them flowers, and I mean, it's, it's not played up like a nefarious thing, like he's some it's creeper. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not like he's preying on these old women, he's just... Thoughtful and and cares for everybody and is yeah. really nice to everybody. Oh, there was their husband's funerals yesterday. I should probably bring them flowers, right? Because he's just a super nice guy. And granted, this movie is coming from a specific point of view. They're trying to make you think that he's the nicest guy in the world, yeah. and because that's kind of the point of the movie, as you get into later on and in, into the spoiler section, which we'll talk about. 
Um, but the majority of the movie is him and his relationship with this one particular um, woman who he never marries, no. but they he becomes kind of her personal assistant slash maybe lover slash uh, slave. Eventually, slash. Yeah, well, it devolves into slave. And it's this movie spends a lot of time detailing the differences between Bernie, who everybody loves, yeah. and the old lady, who everybody in town hates. She makes you know the devil look only kind of mean. Yeah. She's <laughs> just a rude, nasty, mean old selfish, lady. Selfish, very selfish. Very selfish, who for whatever reason, the two of them strike up this relationship. Yeah. And that's what the movie is really focusing on. Now, intercut with this... We have a lot of talking heads. Like if you're watching a documentary or, or even something in a documentary style, yeah. like The Office, where you have those those just one shots, the, the close-ups of somebody talking to the camera, this movie is filled with them. They are actors, yes. but they're all people from this real Texas town. Uh, not or that all area. from the town, from the air. Basically, in the interview process, they were like, where were you born? And if the answer wasn't Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, you were instantly disqualified from being in the film. So, yeah. So some of these people really knew Bernie and this old lady. Yeah. And some of them didn't. And so they're talking about how much they love him and hated her. Yeah. And it's a really cool thing because it's, it's not shot like a documentary except for these interstitials where yeah. you'll have a title card come up with a question like, oh, well, I brought up earlier. One of them is, was Bernie gay? And then they'll have... Who was Bernie? Yeah, you know? several minutes of cutting back and forth to these people and then cutting back to... Bernie going about his business, and yeah. as a funeral director in the choir, and and the movie really opens up even before all this, and and this is one of the this is what sold me on the movie right opening up was him in a college lecture hall, just showing how to do a body, specifically and, how to dress a body for a funeral, and when I say dress, I mean clothing, but I mean like how do you do the makeup, how do you position their heads yeah. and their hands, and, and he did it so just slowly and calmly, just start describing. Well, you don't want any eyes popping open, so you take a little bit of super glue and lay it along the lines, seal them shut. Very, very much in the tone they're speaking. Yeah, exactly. Quiet and calm. And, and yeah, was it left arm under right in a pose of you know, and the head should be not looking up, not looking down, but right in between. You know, so it was very calm and peaceful as he's going through this whole process, putting makeup on the body and all that. It was just, I'm like, I'm sold on this movie. This is delightful. Now, so, had you seen it before we watched it last week? I had not seen it. I knew about it. You'd heard about it. Uh, Dave, had you seen it? No. Because this is actually like the third or fourth time I've seen this movie. Really? My mom had heard about it, and she was like, have you heard of this movie with where Jack Black plays a guy who does X, Y, and Z things that we're not talking about quite yeah. yet, because there'll be more for the spoiler section? And I'm like, no. And then eventually, it showed up on Netflix, and so I watched it like a year ago or whatever, and I was really taken by it. It's a very interesting movie. Yeah. So I was excited when you suggested this. You're like, I want to do this movie. I was like, okay, I've already seen it, so that saves me some work, although I did rewatch it. So I really enjoy this movie. Now, like somebody pointed out earlier, it's a little slow. A little. It just feels slow. It, it, I mean, for the length of the movie, I think it's an hour and 45. Like, it puts a lot in that hour and 45. I just think because of the way, the, like, the type of person they depict him to be, like, it's in the South, it's his nature. He's very, like, meticulous and very, like, mindful of things like that. The whole movie just has a slow tone to it. Like, it, the way he, just like the way he lives, like the way he acts, he's very, like, low-key, very, like, a very even keel being, like... Mostly, the, yeah. Mostly, like, being, like, this nice guy. Like, he's also a very even keel person. Like, he doesn't get excited. He doesn't get, like, upset too And often. nobody really in the town No, nobody much. really does. 
So the whole movie, like, the movie itself doesn't actually, it's not slow. Like, the actual movie isn't slow. There's always something happening in the movie. And I'm not, I have, didn't feel like I was, like, left, like, waiting for something to happen with the movie. I just felt like the entire, like, just almost, like, f- like the feeling of the movie was, like, it, it just feels slow, the way they... There's not a lot of ups and downs. It's very much yeah. even, with a couple exceptions, but... It's, it's interesting, because we talked about this in our last Netflix episode with Pootie Tang, how that's like a movie that I'd want to watch in a group. Yeah. It's better watching a group. This is a movie I think, actually, I preferred watching it by myself and not with you guys. Yeah. Part of that was because there was the occasional, man, this is going slow, comment from, you know, you guys are Dakota or something. But also, it's just one of those movies that I'd like to be able to pay attention to and really yeah. focus and drill down into. Yeah. So it's, it's the opposite. It's not a movie I'd say watch in a group. I'd say watch it by yourself. And I don't find it to be that long or boring. Now, granted, the fourth time in... All right, let's get a move on a little bit in a few scenes. But, yeah. you know, the first couple of times, no, it's very... Even though nothing really happens for a good 45 minutes or an hour in this... It's probably an hour. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, 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 the big event in the movie doesn't happen for a while. I'm still just drawn into this world, which yeah. has a almost a Wes Anderson quality to it which, in a weird which way. Which I want to get into the... Uh... Which is just not... Not that you have a sense that something's off necessarily, but it's just... And granted, I don't know Texas. It's, really. it's in its Texas, own world. It's just part of yeah. It's it feels like its own thing. That's maybe real, maybe heightened, but everything feels right and of a piece and part of the greater whole. But it's also different from what you're used to in your day to day life. I guess. Yeah. Now, there's only really one other actor you would recognize. Well, I mean. Jack Black yeah. is, is totally it, recognizable. Obviously you would recognize him, although he looks a little bit different than, than normally because he's playing a real guy. And of course, Shirley MacLaine plays Marjorie Nugent, who's the, the main old lady in the movie that he has this relationship with, um, and of course very famous name. And then the only other name that you would probably know um, who has a big role in the movie is Matthew McConaughey. Has Danny Buck Davidson, who is the district attorney, I guess, yeah, yeah. for for the area, and who's just this, very, very uh, he's orange, little, an, yeah, very orange, very skinny, very animated, giant glasses, big cowboy hat, <laughs> yeah, and baseball he's, bat, and he's just very proud of his accomplishments in this town, and he kind of knows everybody, which is how he kind of comes into play in the movie because you know, yeah. talking about Bernie, and he knows about Bernie, and but he he's just. He, he, as far as he's concerned, he's the best district attorney in the nation. He's just, he's gonna, he caught these five guys who were late on their uh, alimony payments or child support payments or whatever. Yeah. Hands on a hard body contest where you have to stand holding a truck for, until you're the last person and then you went in the truck. So he caught a bunch of people like that and he's got his wheel, what was it, Wheel of Disfortune or something it was called. Where it has all the drug dealers' names on it. Yeah, yeah, it's got, like, numbers 1 through 12, and he'll just randomly assign those numbers to drug de- suspected drug dealers, spin the wheel, and whoever it lands on, that's who he's going to go bust some heads with today. He's probably the most cartoony part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything, like I said, has that kind of Wes Anderson quality, where everything's a little bit off or heightened or just different. Yeah. But he's the most of all those things. And not even to, like, a crazy extent. He's not a cartoon character, but he's the most cartoony of all the characters. Which, when you're in a movie with Jack Black, that's saying something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who he's not. He Jack, Jack Black in the movie is very, like you said, reserved and even keeled and quiet and humble and just a nice guy. You know. Yeah. 
Have we gotten to the point where we've said all we can say about this movie without spoiling it? Okay. I think so, yeah. So let's go into our recommendation section. Uh, this is, yeah, I'll let you go, but this is more my wheelhouse. Oh, actually, go, go right ahead, because i got a couple ideas, but I don't want to steal any of yours. Um, so, yeah, this movie is pretty much right up my alley as far as what I like movie-wise. Um, that movies that are slower, but tell a, uh, just tell a story, really. We mentioned Wes Anderson a couple times. I think we can definitely have to say... Um, any one of his, not any one of his movies, but a lot of his movies. Especially his later stuff. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Moonrise Kingdom was a little bit more cartoony, but I would say maybe Life Aquatic would be more that pace. Um, or if you guys have seen the trailers for uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Which looks amazing. It does. I'm so excited for it. Really good. Um, when's that supposed to come out? I'm not sure, but I'll be there. Um, it just kind of has that pacing to it where it just it's going to take its time it's going to tell its story just roll with it and have fun with it the, also movies like um, I don't really know how you would describe the genre but see Stranger Than Fiction where it just have you seen that it's the uh, I've Will seen Ferrell bits and one. pieces of it I've, I've been meaning to see it. it's Will Ferrell and um, Maggie Gyllenhaal right yes uh, yeah, that was actually a really good movie I really enjoyed that movie it, it like I said it's just a story of a guy and it tells a good story and it really makes not based on a true story, of course. No, I, yeah, as opposed to Bernie, stranger. Is, well, I mean, in fiction and all that. But anyway, what, I'm trying to think of the other ones that kind of line up with that sort of genre. I think you could say what's the what's his name? Ricky Gervais's uh, invention of lying. Almost. Oh, okay, sure. So any any one of those types of movies, I'm try, uh, it's honestly failing me now. Can you do like a 500 Days of Summer? That, yeah, 500 Days of Summer would be would be a good matchup for that too. So yeah, I would say that. Whatever that genre is called, that just kind of tells the story. Something, the genre of movies that are narrated by this. Uh... Well, that's true. Yes. And now, do you like movies that are based on a true story? Do you like documentaries? Well, th- I guess that's the other side of it. Is I think we've talked about before how much I love documentaries because I think we touched on that with series seven, where I love documentaries but I hate reality TV. <laughs> and so this being a documentary, like kind of, kind of was very much. Well, I should call it a docudrama. I guess that's where it would fit. Yeah, docudrama. As much as that word leaves a bad taste in my mouth for some reason. But it's exactly what it was. So anything that's documentary style, say, um, even District 9, it's a completely different feel. But that, you know, I love the documentary aspect of it. I would actually say Um, that's similar District 9 to this movie in that there are elements that feel like a documentary and elements that don't. Yeah, okay. That's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Um, I'm just trying to think of more documentaries out there that... Going through my movie collection, my brain. Well, the next movie we're going to talk about is a documentary that you haven't seen yet. Which one is this? Is this the band? Well, well, no, no, no. Well, I, I switched it up. We are going to do oh, that one. Right. Um, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. But uh, my next two picks, one will be the next movie we talk about, and one will come a ways after that, after we get some other picks from you guys. Both documentaries that kind of blew me away. Like, okay. really interesting documentaries that are very different from your standard. Well, one's a little bit more normal of a documentary, and the one is very different. And awesome. But, so, Wes Anderson stuff, documentaries, District 9, all those. District 9, yeah. But also definitely Stranger Than Fiction and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, what were, what would be some of your... Well, like I said before, 500 Days of Summer. It's another one that would really fit into this type of genre. I'm trying to think of... I have any more. There's another movie. I know it just fits in perfectly with this one. I'm trying to remember what it was. Sure. Well, I, I would say I, I like movies that take kind of slapsticky, ribald comedians and have them in understated, serious roles or more serious roles. So, Eternal so- Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey or The Truman Show. Real quick, I, it's coming together in my brain. Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Boom, okay. there we go. Yes. 
So, uh, but, you know, the Jim Carrey in, in those two movies. Also, another one that not a lot of people know about. I think I made you watch it. I don't remember if I made you watch it, but um, I Love You, Philip Morris with Jim Carrey. That is a great movie. That is, yeah. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. criminal aspect Because I would to totally it. put it in here, but... That movie is amazing. I really... And I'm not a Jim Carrey guy, but I yeah. like when he not does... Not the kids, but it's good. Oh, no. Not, there's a lot of adult stuff in there. Little Miss Sunshine, I think, would be a very good fit. Now <clears> I'm just fit, listing yeah. Steve Carrey things. Uh, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. <laughs> I, mean, I totally just fused the two names there together. But, um, but yeah, but that there you got a guy in a very not funny role for the most part. He says yeah. some funny things in the movie, but mostly Jim, uh, Steve Carell's role in that is not funny. Yeah. Very purposefully so. I'm more Dan in real life, which I haven't seen. I was about to say Dan. I was about to recommend that one too, Dan in real life. Jack Black, seeing Jack Black in this understated, more serious role, I like that quite a bit. I like seeing comedians playing dark, because they can do it. Um, yeah. Another movie, it used to be on Netflix, I don't think it is anymore, but Patton Oswalt in Big Fan, which is one of the only sports movies I like, and I really like it. It's fantastic. But it's him not being funny at all. It is a dark, depressing, creepy movie about a sports fan. Yeah. And there's also an episode or two of Dollhouse, actually, that he shows up in, again, in not funny roles, in very sad roles. And comedians seem to have the ability, not all of them, but seem to have the ability to do the dark, depressing stuff better than a you know standard dramatic actor has the ability to jump in and do something super funny and ribald and crazy and off the wall. And I like seeing comedians do that. So those would be probably my suggestions. Shall we jump into the spoiler section, gentlemen? Yeah. Alrighty, so ladies and gentlemen, from this point forward, we will be spoiling Bernie in full, um, and then after that we will talk about my next choice for a Netflix pick. So, Bernie is in this relationship with old, mean Mrs. Nugent, and it keeps devolving from kind of friends to kind of public I would, say, I would say I would say lovers, maybe lovers. I mean, it's it's unclear. Um, to, even to start, even in yeah. the center of, the, of real life, it's still unclear whether they were or weren't. To the point where she's basically treating him like an indentured servant or a slave. A and, slave, yeah. And controlling who he talks to and where he goes and what things he does. She's also paying. She's rich. She's paying for them to go on vacations around the world yeah. and paying for his uh, productions of, like, The Music Man at the local theater and other things where he, he's... One of the points that the movie tries to make, or questions at least, is Bernie really had a taste for the finer things in life. And this was... He put up with a lot of nonsense from her yeah. because it, it gave him access though. to money. But he didn't, though, at the same time. Because... And we'll get... I mean, all right, so let's just spoil... Well, it finally gets to the point where... Bernie, in real life and in the movie, shoots Mrs. Nugent five times in the back. With the armadillo gun! Yes. Yeah. And then puts her body into a... Freezer. Like a basement freezer, like a top-opening freezer, and leaves it there for nine months as he pretends she's still alive and starts basically handing her yeah. money out all over town. Well, one pretends she has a stroke, and... Well, you know, he keeps know. having to come up with different yeah. lies and stuff for why she can't come to that, you know this yeah. meeting or meet with this person. But finally, nine months later... The police come and get a court order to come in because her accountant is, like doesn't Keeps trust her. Keeps pressing, and yeah. And they find Mrs. Nugent frozen in the freezer, and because he had the movie, duct taped it shut. Yeah, and the rest of the movie is you know, it's the murder trial of Mrs. Nugent where Bernie is on trial, and so it's the story of this town that loves him and hated her. What do you do when now he's being charged with her murder? Yeah, 
And he admits to it. It's not like yeah. there's a question of whether he did it. Everybody knows he did it. They bring him in, he breaks down crying. Yeah. They're kind of fine with it. They don't care. So I cut you off before. You were well, yeah, so... And this gets into the, the whole courtroom scene of it. And I, we're, we're jumping to the end, but... Oh, whether Bernie enjoyed the finer thing. Yeah, and they, they very specifically say, with all that money... He gave it to small businesses that were struggling. He bought a playground for, you know, a couple of girls to play in for their birthday. You know, he bought cars for people in need. All the while, he lived in a one-bedroom rancher driving a beat-up old car. You know, so, you know, they kept saying, oh, you have the... That was the whole Matthew In McConaughey those nine friends. months after he killed her, yes. But before that, he was going on vacations all over the world. He was taking first class. flying lessons. Taking flying lessons. And... The flying lessons were... Yes. That, but that was the only thing. Like, taking vacations of the world is because she wanted to. I mean, he folded her underwear and did her toenails. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, he did whatever she wanted, including the nice parts of it. So, Well, I mean, and that's the thing. This movie, I think one of its strengths and also one of its weaknesses, depending on how you look at it, is... It has a very strong point of view. Yeah. It wants you to go into this movie, fall in love with Bernie, and be just like the people of the town and go, yeah, I think I don't think he should go to prison for it. Yeah, he did it, but... And that's so? kind of the whole point of view of the movie, which makes it very interesting and draws you in. But also, there's a lot of things, like particularly when you get into that courtroom and you got Danny Buck as the prosecutor and he's trying to take him down... I think I would prefer, at least for that second half... I, a, I think I would change the pacing of the movie a little bit and make the whole court the whole second half, um, and not just the last third. Yeah, the, the courtroom really bothered me, just the way they did it. And... But you you don't get the sense that you're getting an objective version of the facts, which, granted, that's how courtrooms yeah. are, so I, I don't expect that. But as the, as the film-goer, as, as the movie viewer, I don't feel like I got an objective version of what happened. I feel like I got the very pro-Bernie version, which is fine and interesting, but particularly when you've got this whole courtroom thing, you can get way much more drama out of that if you're conflicted about it yourself, and they kind of do everything they can to make you not conflicted. See, yes, see honestly, I, I felt the opposite. Like, I, I definitely agree the whole movie is making you feel pro-Bernie, and I definitely agree with that. I felt like it was very rushed at the end there where they tried to, in the courtroom, balance that with the anti-Bernie. Like, Bernie's still a bad guy. Like, but, but, it, Way on this, Dave. Do you think they actually tried to then turn it on its head at the end? Because I feel like Danny Buck was such a cartoon character, almost, like in the context of this movie, that I had a hard time taking him seriously. And so even though he was seemed to be the voice of reason in the movie, quite honestly, because your voice of reason is Daffy Duck, if you have a hard time grasping onto that. Yeah, I really had a hard time, even when, it, when he was like portraying Bernie in a really bad light. In the movie of thinking, oh hey, you know he he should go to jail for this. He's a terrible person. Like, because even through that, you have like they're cutting to people supposedly from this town. And they're like, yeah, you know, Bernie Bernie might have killed her, but we don't like to talk about those things like that, you know. Or somebody else coming in, like, you know, Bernie might have killed her, but old Mrs. Nugent, she was really hard on she was really hard on him in the last couple months. Like, she wouldn't let him see any of his friends, and we barely saw him here down at like the social club or. Wherever he, like, he went down there. So, yeah, it was really tough to actually, like, you know, feel like, oh, Bernie's a really bad person. Bernie actually should go to jail for this because the entire time they're still, like, turning it around a little bit, but they're still, like, sn- sneaking in that, oh, you know, Bernie's a really good person, and we just, Mrs. Nugent just kept him from us. We haven't seen him all this time. Like, Well, and an interesting 
turn, um, Danny Buck eventually gets the trial moved to a different county, which is something that's very... Yeah, he has to. I mean, it happens in real life. And remember, yeah, because this did happen in real life. It's a true story. I mean, there are times where they will move trials, but normally it's because they... It's moved because the accused can't get a fair trial. Yeah. And everybody in town knows the story too well, or they don't like him, the the defendant, so they move it to a different county so they can have an actual impartial jury, theoretically. This is one of the few cases I've ever heard of where they had to move it because the prosecution didn't get a fair trial, and they moved it to another town, and Bernie does get convicted and go to jail for the rest of his life. And that's the other weird thing, which is they were so pro-Bernie in a story where Bernie loses that I feel like if you had a more even keel with it, like, you know, he was even keeled, or at least that's how he's portrayed, if you had a more even keel with the portrayal, it would feel much better at the end where uh, should he or shouldn't he go to jail? Well, he does go to jail. As opposed to he shouldn't go to jail, he shouldn't go to jail, he shouldn't go to jail, but he goes to jail. Yeah. But he goes to jail. Um, but he's happy. And me, as a lawyer, I mean, I'm not a, I don't really go much into criminal law, I'm more civil lawyer is more what I'm interested in, but I feel like he should have gone to jail. Like, uh, even though he's a nice guy. But I, I, don't, I don't know about life nice sentence, guy. though. Well, that, I mean, that, and that's the whole thing. The movie is, is portrayed in a way to make you feel bad about that. But from the actual facts, like, trying to, if I, if I can strip away as much spin from it as possible, I feel like, yeah, it was premeditated, it was all these things that they try to skirt around, but... Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. Like, he is there, like, getting chewed out by her. He sees the gun. He's like, all right, I can't deal with this anymore. It's shot in a way to make it seem like he's not in control. And maybe that was the case. I don't know. But yeah. the, just the way the movie presented it, I didn't feel like I could trust the movie on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, when you, but like Jordan, so you strip it all away. Like, he thought about killing her. He found the gun. He shot her. Like, And then hid the body for nine months. Yeah, and, yeah, and then hid the body for nine months. Like... I would, like, if I was an impartial juror, I would say, yeah, send this guy away for life. Like, Personally, though, I would also, I mean, I wouldn't say life. I would also look at who he is as a person and, and hopefully see that, I'm not excusing his behavior in any way, shape, or form, but just seeing it as, I don't want to say insanity, but close to it, where he he was not escaping there clearly has to be something up with him mentally if he is filing her toenails, folding her underwear, running her errands, plucking her eyebrows. And I think there's an argument to be made there, but the movie doesn't try to make that argument, and that argument wasn't tried, wasn't made in court. Well, that's the thing. At the least court, from what we the saw. The courtroom scene was very short, and I think that's the flaw with this movie, yeah. Well, I don't think that argument's made in the entire movie. He's a middle-aged man living alone in Texas, living alone before he moved over into this town in Texas... He's a funeral director. Like, he doesn't strike you as a very mentally stable person, but he's a really nice guy. Like, the entire time like, I was watching the movie, I was like, this guy is really weird. But he's a really he's nice, nice guy. There's yeah. something off. Yeah. Which is quite literally something I would think. You know, like, yeah. this is, I, have a, I have a strong distrust of people who are too nice. Because As do I. Yeah. Why yeah. Would I think you it's because we grew up in Jersey. That's probably true. <laughs> I love nice people. I love being nice. <laughs> I take candy from strangers in vans all the time. <laughs> and people are like, help me find my lost puppy. I'm like, totally. When you get in this van and drive to Canada and help me find the lost puppy, absolutely. <laughs> I love puppies. But, I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm very down on this movie from the center. Yeah. I love this movie. I, it was I a great really movie. enjoyed it. It's just like, in retrospect, and every time I see it subsequently, I go... If I were doing this, I would want to see uh, you know this other version. That's the other thing. I mean, and I'm curious your thoughts. 
I have obviously nowhere near the courtroom lawyer knowledge experience that you do, but even what little there was was really bugging me. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't do that either. I mean, that's one of those things where, you know, movies almost without exception, there's a few that I can think of, or that not by type of, there's a few I've seen that, oh, they actually followed the rules of court and procedure, but... I just I, I've I've gotten over the fact that most movies do not portray courtrooms the way they're actually you know people are asking questions that you couldn't legally ask and all those kinds of things because it's a movie and it needs to be interesting and it it needs to have a narrative flow to it and it's very hard to have that when he just asked a leading question on direct and it was all hearsay and yep. I mean, whatever yes you couldn't actually do that in court but the things you can do in court are much less interesting in a movie now granted like I said I've seen a few films that for the most part, actually did follow it and did manage to do it very interestingly. But normally they were getting the narrative out in a different way. Where here you're trying to get that narrative out in the courtroom. So, I, it doesn't get under my skin. It doesn't bother I, I get it, you okay. know. It's sort of like, oh, you got a lawyer joke, wonderful, I've heard them all. But I don't really care, you know. It's, okay. it's why bother wasting time getting upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like I said, I have more problems with the pacing and the objectivity versus subjectivity of it because I feel like while this was a very interesting way to tell the story, for me, I think you could even make it slightly more interesting doing it a more you know, subjective way. That's fair. Uh, more, more objective facts and more just, not just a heavy slant. The slant was interesting and, and served its purpose. It just wasn't necessarily the choice I would make. Um, who would you recommend this movie to? I mean, because like I said, my mom was the one who told me that she had heard about this movie, and my, both my parents liked it quite a bit. I, th- I think my sisters all watched it. Some of them liked it. Some of them thought were kind of bored by it. But it's fairly family friendly. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything in it's it. It's not that was like, filthy. Um, I don't think there's any cursing in it. There, I think there was there no there there was a couple. Oh yeah, there was. There was a yeah, which were funny because you have like these good old boys who all of a sudden drop in the f word or whatever. Where yeah. it's, it's it's very realistic, but it's also yeah. funny just in the world it's set in. I'd actually recommend this to somebody, somebody like my mom or something. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think adults, in, and, you know, being middle-aged and, and up, I mean, we're, I guess we count as adults, but we're... Not middle-aged, but... Yeah, no, yeah, no, but I'm saying... Unless, uh, you know, when I say adults... Unless you know something about my future, I don't. Yes. I'm not middle-aged. <laughs> wow. <well, yeah. laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so when I say adults, I'm talking, you know, not our age group, but, you know, middle-aged older, I think would definitely appreciate it. Anyone that, that is looking for, I would say, A, a good story, B, a don't mind a slower-paced movie. It's not, it's not a bro movie. I would say it's not really a date movie either. There's almost no explosions. Yeah, there are literally <laughs> no explosions. Um, Except the gun firing. That's about it. Well, yeah. I, I disagree with you, though, when you say it's not a date movie. I think it really depends on the couple. And, like, how early in the relationship it is. I think, I mean, because, like, I think this is a movie well, you I mean, with your life date. Yeah, but yeah. You, you and Katie, I mean, are a bit different. Not yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> we but like to kill people. You, you, love, you <laughs> love killing people people hate. But, no, um, you guys are more artsy in general. So, yeah. I mean, that would be more... It's more of an intelligent date movie, if anything. Yeah. Like, it's not... Not the, a first date movie. No, it's not something you yeah. take, like, hey, this is, this is a movie based on a real-life... Happenings where this man befriends an old woman and kills her out of like frustration. You you want to go see it with me? No, I don't. But yeah, I also don't want to see you anymore. Also, also, if they said yes, what does that say? Good taste in movies. Yeah, yeah, they're I older guess. and they're gonna buy you things, and eventually you can get pissed off and kill them. Okay, I like that plan. <laughs> All right. Um, 
Is there anyone who you wouldn't suggest this movie to? Maybe like a bro kind of guy. Bro, exactly. Yeah, I'd say bros. You know, um, if, yeah. If Michael Bay is in your wheelhouse of films, this is not the film for you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, if you can't stand movies like Best in Show, this is that's a, that's a, that's show. actually that's a very good comparison. Actually, I forgot to mention all of those movies. Because of forgets yeah. documentaries. Yeah, um, I mean, yes, in that they're both somewhat documentary style, but but I would very say best in tonally. I would say best in show kind of fits with this because I would best in show. I think because they're both movies Russ wouldn't want. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Why are we watching this? It's movie about, about dogs. Yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, it, well, I mean the the others. The what's the what's the Oscar one? I mean, for your consideration. Yeah, I think I love that one. Which it, I think is like the people like the least in general. But I really like. I think that is the like that one less so. I think Best in Show just more just tells the story. I think Best I in Show is less. Waiting for Guffman is probably the most similar to this in that there's all those scenes of the Music Man in it. Okay, well, yeah. If you wanted to compare it to the Music Man, yeah, it's it's a movie about a somewhat effeminate. Choir director type guy. Yeah, yeah, right on that. I don't know. There's similarities. There's yeah. less murder in that one. Also, I do want to mention the music man in it was a really good parallel to the also Hamlet or Mac- Macbeth. I think Macbeth was, was one we mentioned. I, like he's going to see, he's doing the music man at the local theater, but they also go see. We think it's Macbeth um, when they're on one of their vacations. He, yes, they they see that on one of their outings, but he does right after he kills her, he breaks into the dress rehearsal for uh, seventy six trombones, which is the whole big he's a front, and so I think that was a good parallel between he's a sham, he's doing music man, you know. So it was this good comparison in that. So yeah, that's all I got. All right, um, I definitely recommend this movie, though. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Hopefully, even if you stuck through and heard you know, all the spoilers and haven't seen the movie, still check it out. It's worth it. Um, which is the same I'll say about the next movie we're going to talk about um, on Netflix, which is a movie from 2012. It is a documentary. It's our first, like, actual documentary documentary <laughs> called The Imposter, a 2012 film. Um, if you look, It's on Netflix Instant, but if you look it up, there's... A couple movies out there, like if you were watching someplace different, a couple play- movies with the name Imposter or Imposters. This is The Imposter. It is a 2012 documentary. It is insane. It is a movie that I knew 90 to 95% of the story before I sat down to watch it. That's why I wanted to see it, because I had read what had happened in this... Also, Texas Town, actually. I would read about what happened in this Texas Town. I was like, that's crazy. i got to see this movie. And even knowing 90 to 95% of it going in, I was on the edge of my seat for this entire movie. Um, David, you have you already seen this? I no. can't remember. Okay. And you haven't seen it. Nope. Every person I've gotten to watch this movie loved it. That never happens. Like, both my parents, all my I'm sisters. I'm about to say, it is rare for me to like a movie you have told me to watch. So, that's that's true. Although, I think I recommended Bernie to you, like, a ways back. And uh, okay, but, but this is a movie that, like, when both my parents and my siblings and I like a movie, that's weird. Okay. That doesn't happen. This movie is insane, and like I've, other people I've told to watch as well who came back, I'm like that movie was crazy. We'll we'll talk about it on the next Netflix show, and hopefully you guys both get to see it so we can have you both on because I really want to talk about this movie. It is crazy, and it's a movie that I would say. Even if you just want to go read the story and then watch the movie, or just do one or the other, just do it, because you've got to hear what okay. happened in the story. It's crazy. And, to, to, to just tease it a little bit more and go in slightly into the story, it's a movie about a con man, told from his perspective. 
okay. told by the from the actual guy. The actual guy who was the con man in the story is a talking head in the documentary who is telling you step by step, lie by lie, piece by piece, how he got away with what he got away with, and the things he got away with are insane. Hmm. It's hard to it's like kind of like I love you, Philip Morris. Yeah, yeah. Kind of in that same way where there's things you're like that really happened, and yeah, some of those things were embellished a little bit, but. Things where you're like, that's insane this thing really happened. But in this version, I mean, in, in The Imposter, 2012 documentary, these things really happened. And what this guy got away with is mind-blowingly crazy. Hmm. I, I don't want to say anything more about it because I don't want to spoil anything. Even though, like I said, this is a movie, don't worry about being spoiled with it because it's just crazy even knowing hmm. all of it. And I was going to say, I have my next one picked, but I realize it's so much like this one, I'm probably going to have to pick something different. We should, we should mix it up a little bit, yeah. probably. I was going to say Wake Net Vine, but I'm like, that's another really slow-paced movie. I need to pick something really different. So, And also has odd similarities to uh, The Imposter, in some ways. Okay, well maybe we'll just throw it as a recommendation for... Possibly, yeah. but it's a good movie as well. So, the next movie we'll watch, 2012 movie, The Imposter. There's a couple movies with that name. It's the 2012 version. Um... I believe the guy is about his name is Frederick Bourdain, I think is the guy's name. But absolutely recommend it, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it because I love this documentary. So, I'm Jordan from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. I'm Pierce. I'm Dave. Have a good week, everybody. Don't trust people from Texas. <laughs> I That's Dave's opinion. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not commenting, aside from saying that I'm not commenting. Which is a comment. In and of itself. I'm turning off the recorder now. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionOfDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionOfDudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Jordan F-R-M Jersey.